I'm Richard, along with Amber. And I'm Gary, and these are our incredible stories. Welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us for some more incredible stories. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Uh, Glad to have you here with us. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And you'll be treated to the wonderful uh, prize of free episodes every Friday uh, for you to enjoy and listen in your own free time. That's right. And welcome also to our returnees. That's right. Uh, We love having you back. So uh, I hope you're uh, relaxed and ready to listen to some good stories because we have uh, my sister, Amber, back again to share another animal story. Yes, um, Amber is our animal expert on Richard and Gary's incredible stories. You've done some fabulous ones in the past. One of my favorites was uh, Dewey, the library cat. Oh, I love that story. What do you have for us today? Today I have an amazing story about a dog named Roselle, um, and the book's titled Thunderdog. 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 Uh, Roselle is a seeing eye dog. And she helped a gentleman who was completely blind escape the Twin Towers during 9-11. Oh, that's, that sounds like a pretty incredible story right there. Yes. Roselle came into this man's life later on. This man was, uh, was born prematurely. At birth, they, they told him, or told his parents, rather, that he would never be able to accomplish anything and they should institutionalize him. And he was only blind because of the oxygen tent he had to be put into prematurely to keep him alive. Uh, but that man went on to fly airplanes, drive cars, totally blind, and he went through a number of service dogs, and it wasn't until later in life that he was paired up with Roselle, and it turned out to be, well, match made in heaven, if you will, and... He and this dog had such a bond formed and such a trust that she was able to get him out safely from the building before it collapsed. And he was on either the 75th or 78th floor of the building at the time. And not only did she rescue him, but if I memory serves me right, she also rescued some other people along the way. Wow. So uh, That is a wonderful, wonderful. Yes. What else? Does it have anything else about her? Um, Just... A lot of things they had done together, a lot of things they had accomplished, but the man and Roselle became very, very bonded. Um, and when you think about it, the trust that we have with our animals, it's unlike anything else. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm closer to my animals than I am to most people. So having that communication with your animal in a situation like that where panic could be a big deal. And, and with animals, they also go by their senses, whereas we have to see, we have to know what we're doing. But her uh, senses at that point were affected because of the uh, airplane fuel leaking through the building. So it affected her sense of smell. And I believe at some point her feet got injured trying to leave the building with all that stuff. And I think after she got him out safely, she continued to return to the building to get other people out. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. And, you know, uh, a service dog, you would think, would automatically bond even closer with their their human. Oh, absolutely. And... Uh, kind of an unspoken trust that they had she would go with michael to work every day and rest at his feet and she knew something was different on this day and she knew that she needed to get her human out and you figure 78 floors up and they couldn't take an elevator that wasn't even an option 
So they had to trust one another and to know the difference between going up and going down. Um, And they did. They got out safely. They both survived. And they ended up being interviewed on Larry King Live. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, there's a great video of um, of the Michael and and Roselle being interviewed on YouTube. If you ever get the chance to to look at it, his words exactly, and it's kind of interesting just to see it, kind of get a firsthand account from him and how it parallels the book. He's the one that that wrote this book, and um, oh. so it's the first part of the book is very much about his life and his journey of how he was able to get a seeing eye dog and what he went through and and what requirements had to be met in order to get that. And he had many good dogs, but for whatever reason, this dog would be the dog that would change the course of his life. You know, it could have made the difference between him living and dying that day. Sure. So they definitely had a tight bond and she trusted him enough and he trusted her enough that they both took cues from each other and were able to get out unscathed for the most part. Do you recall some of the things he had to go through to acquire Roselle? He had to go away to a school for training. He did. He did. Um, so you have to be trained for that dog, and that dog has to be trained for you. And if it's not a match, obviously, then you don't get the dog. You don't get the dog. Or if you don't go by what they're requiring of you, you don't get the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So he had to also go through some specialized training with he the did. animal. Yes, mm-hmm. because these dogs are performing a service, a duty. Mm-hmm. So they're more than just a beloved pet. They actually have a task they have to accomplish. And if they're not able to accomplish that task, then they're not right for that job mm-hmm. nor for that person. Mm-hmm. So they get them young and they train them. And I forget how long they train them. But once they pass that test, they're considered a, a guide dog. How could a dog possibly be trained to lead its master down 75 flights of stairs or whatever to get away from a catastrophe like what was happening there at the Twin Towers. And that's just it. I don't believe that was a trained thing. I believe that was a trust bond. Well, I, 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 I'm going to say yes and no to that. I think part of it is due to their training because seeing eye dogs are trained to ignore uh, large commotions and uh, distractions. This That's part of their training. They can't be somewhere and have like a car frustrate them or give them anxiety. They can't panic if there's a lot of people or crowds. They can't, you know, be in a situation where they can't do their job effectively. So I think that's part of it. But also, I believe that animals just have that natural instinct to sense when people are in the most need of help. And if you think about uh, all of these different stories, not just with dogs, but like uh, surfers who were saved by dolphins when there were sharks around, or there was a, a case where there was a Navy, um, um, sol- uh, a Navy, not soldier, but a sailor, a Navy sailor who fell off the boat and was saved by a seal who saw mm-hmm. him in distress. There was even a, a man who, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, didn't see much more point to his life, and he jumped off the um, Golden Gate Bridge, and he was saved by a seal who, he when he hit the water, he broke both of his legs and his arms, and he wasn't able to swim at all. But this animal recognized this living thing in distress, grabbed him up by his collar, and dragged him to shore. Mm. 
So these in these instances, I think, one, it does have to do with training, but two, also the fact that animals, because they do have thoughts and feelings as well, can recognize when people are in distress and need help. Mm-hmm. And so animals in general, if they're that way, I imagine trained service animals <clears throat> are even more finely attuned to that kind of uh, service and, and assistance. Absolutely, because I, like Gary said, I feel like mm-hmm. they spend a little more extra time getting these animals used to these situations. As this one's talking about Roselle, Roselle came to this gentleman's life in 1999. She's a yellow lab puppy, and it was talking about how they took her to busy places like New York City Street at times of mass traffic so that she would hear all those noises, those honks, those mm-hmm. beeps, whatever, and be able to to focus even as a puppy because they start training super young. So like um, our friend Susan's German Shepherd right now, she's at a point where she's young and she's um, requiring training. So now's the prime time while they're, they're little and they're teachable to do that. And once they get honed in on that, they can provide a service. It says here that, uh, this gentleman went through five different guide dogs, and so what? What happened? How come uh, um, none of I, the others worked? I out? think some of them just t- age-wise. I think some of them aged out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when they get to a certain point, health and age and different things, they're not able to perform the task as well as they did. So um, it sounded like, for the most part, it was just, I believe, age issues. Some of those dogs he had for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, it says uh, they're with a guide dog for six months. Uh, the first one he had, um, he went through a lot of the blind canes because people weren't paying attention and would keep crashing into him or not seeing him or whatnot in the dog. So there's a lot they go through. I mean, we don't we see him in public. We don't really stop and think, hey, you know, what's the story behind this? But even working in a school, we, we have service dogs that work with our kids, not necessarily blind kids. Um, uh-huh. but performing a service or a task for those that are unable to do it themselves. Some of them are calming dogs that they help keep yep. uh, anxiety d- levels down right. and calm oh, sure. people. And yeah, you have uh, dogs uh, who are for anxiety, for epilepsy, for people who are diabetic. Um, I mean, really, uh, it runs the whole gamut of different disabilities or, you know, situations. So, Amber, uh, the title of the book, again, is... Thunderdog. Thunderdog, and the author is... It's Michael Hingson. Okay. And his friend uh, Susie Flory, F-L-O-R-Y Flory. Okay. And can you recall, how many times have you read this book? I found this book by accident, believe it or not. Um, it was kind of one of those left at a mailbox kind of books that somebody left out. I've probably read to it three or two or three times. Two or three times. Yeah, it's definitely a page turner. It's one that when you pick it up, you don't want to put it down. Okay, so that tells me that uh, it really has spoken to you. Can you recall uh, some of the heartwarming moments that are in that book? Well, for instance, you know, I, I work with special needs. So just the plight of what this man's gone through in his life and um, just the obstacles that were ahead of him, this man never let that stop him. And he found a dog that was just kind of his same thinking. You know, it's mm-hmm. just because it's an obstacle doesn't mean it's unachievable. And it goes through talking about, like I said earlier, um, the man learned to ride a bike and drive a car and fly an airplane completely blind. Um, I don't think a lot of people knew that at the time. 
Um, but then it just talks about the different bonds he had with the different dogs and, and what their issues were. But then it goes on to talk about his bond with Roselle and just how much she meant to him. And I'm, I'm assuming more so after surviving 9-11. Oh, I mean, of course. Whatever bond they had before, I'm sure, was great. Mm-hmm. But after that, it says in here, Roselle and I are a team. I take care of her. I provide for her wants, her food, her water, and everything else to minimize her needs. And she takes care of him in return. So that, that to me, there's a trust, like I said, with our animals that we don't have with people. And I know it personally with my own dogs. Yeah. But there's kind of an unspoken bond that, mm-hmm. so. Well, you know, I think uh, there's an important takeaway message here, Gary, and that is just because it's an obstacle doesn't mean it's unachievable. And I think that is something we want to pass on to all of our listeners. And, and uh, um, just because you might face some kind of obstacle in life does not mean that your dream is unachievable. If wow. you have a dream, you go for it. I, I think that's one part, but I think the other one is uh, if, if we're talking about this uh, amazing dog, um, I think we should all also recognize that uh, if it weren't for some of these creatures that are out there that are our little guardian angels, uh, who knows where we would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our lives are enriched by animals, wouldn't you say that? I think all three of us uh, have found that to be true. And uh, it, it just seems that you have so much of a richer everyday experience if there are animals in your life. I have uh, friends living in England who have two cats and a degu. And I never knew what a degu was. Cute little thing. Um, his name is Diggory, Diggory the degu, and a couple cats. And, <clears throat> you know, it just sounds so wonderful to have those little animals running around the home and making your life a little richer. And I know with you, um, Amber, I've seen this. You've got a little one by the name of Kanga, a little tiny chihuahua. And uh, he is absolutely, when it comes to you, it's he's inseparable. He cannot stay. Uh, there's anxiety when... <laughs> There's anxiety when you are not present. Yes, I, I left an anxious Kanga sitting in a recliner watching the door as I walked out for the podcast this morning. He, Th- that's because you take him everywhere. He did, you know, I work during the week, and so I create him for his own safety and my peace of mind. But when it's my days off, I like to take him on adventures. This morning I took him out for a lovely walk around his favorite park, and um, there were actually a lot of chihuahuas out today. So that was kind of neat to see the chihuahuas of every size, shape, and color out walking. And he's kind of just a chill little guy. As long as he can see me and be beside me, he's pretty happy and, and vice versa. Um, and like you said, they're great for anxiety and stress. And just it's hard not to be happy and calm when you're around them. So. Mm-hmm. And when he runs toward you, he hops. He does. That's the name <laughs> kangaroo. <laughs> kangaroo. <laughs> he is off the ground and in the air, yes. Gary, when he's running toward his mommy. Oh, yeah. He actually climbed up on a, he found a bench at the park where we were walking past. And he hopped up on it so he could get up in my arms. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. then uh, what was it? You were carrying him recently around a pot in a pocket in your apron. So when I clean house, because I'm the oh, yeah, clean, yeah, yeah. he likes to be folded in my apron like a kangaroo pouch while I'm vacuuming. And he's chill. He just sits there and, and sometimes he'll fall asleep while I'm vacuuming. Now, if he's down on the floor with his sister, it's a whole different ball game. But if he's up in my arms, he's completely chill. He, mm-hmm. he likes to be carried. He likes to be held. 
very much a, a, a lap baby, if you will. Now, you've mentioned his sister, so I guess we better talk a, a moment <laughs> or two about her. Her name is Lily, and you've told me she's actually turn, she's a Jack Russell Chihuahua combo, but she's actually transformed into a house cat. Tell me about she, that. She is a cat in a dog's body. She's very much catty with her uh, her ways. She she loves to snuggle, but on her own time. It's the Lily's rules or else. We call her your majesty. Um, and she doesn't really like leaving the house. Like, she's got her comfort zone. Now, she's older. She's, she's getting up there. I think she's 12. Um, and so it is more comfortable to be in your own environment with your own routines. But she is very set in her routines as to what she likes. She likes things in a specific order. And you dare not deviate from it because we, we do have meltdowns. Um, but she she is a sweetheart. She's just uh, spicy. She's got her own personality. She is the one in charge. Kanga is her happy follower. So where she leads, he follows. And I know when I lie on the sofa, she loves coming and uh, snuggling right on my left shoulder. Yes. Like I said, she's specific with things. Mm-hmm. She's routine. She's so funny because she only drinks out of the right side of the water bowl. Mm-hmm. I have a double-sided water bowl. I fill it with the same water on both sides, and she will only ever drink out of the one side. And if it goes empty or gets low, she starts howling. Um, if we go outside, she only likes to walk in one direction. Uh, she's just, we call it pawtism, like puppy dog autism. She has her, her little quirks and stuff. And pawtism. Pawtism. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, there's a study out. There is, uh, they have found autism in dogs. Um, so... I feel like she would be perfect in the, the study research. But, uh, yeah, she's she likes her, her new thing right now. She likes watching um, YouTube when we go to work. She likes her Disney music, but it's a specific station. It has, like, a cocoa cup on it. <laughs> and so she likes to get up in her dog bed. She wants her Disney on. She wants you to click past the commercials, and then she wants her toothbrush bone that she can chew on, and then she's happy to go. Gary, are our pets really little humans? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh Animals have their own personality, their own thoughts and feelings. Uh, they are, for all intents and purposes, little fuzzy people. You know, uh, fuzzy little people. They they've proven that uh, dogs and cats have the intelligence of uh, a child of like, in some cases, four or five years old. Um, they understand what you're saying. They can read your emotions better than we can read our own emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's foolish for us to think that they're just property i mean they're members of our family and uh they contribute uh, just as much as anybody else does there's a great uh documentary animal documentary out there on youtube it's called our forever friends our forever friends and uh, this is truly what they are they are our forever friends but more than friends like you said they are our forever family members yeah. Uh, you know, they, they just, uh, I mean, they are as human as you can get without being human. Oh, of course they are. And, and so, Amber, uh, we want to thank you very much for bringing not only the story of Thunder, whose remarkable life-saving feat resulted in a book called Thunder Dog, which maybe some of our listeners will want to acquire, but uh, then we morphed also, Gary, into a, a general conversation of just how important animals are in our lives and how they enrich our experiences each and every day. Mm. And to me, that is an incredible story. Oh, I, I absolutely think so. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, until next time. 
I'm Richard, along with Amber. And I'm Gary, and we hope that you enjoy us again for more incredible stories. And if you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button and join us each and every Friday for new episodes. Until next time. Roof, roof.